Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays here at JM and the AM for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. It's good to be with you as always. I appreciate that. All right. Let's see if we can get through this news story. I said to myself earlier in the week, you're going to need 10 minutes just to explain this whole thing to me. Uh, French foreign minister has sought to calm a row, as the Jerusalem Post puts it, with Israel today, Friday, saying France opposed any boycott of the Jewish state, but stressing telecom firm Orange, which plans to end its license deal there, meaning in Israel, was free to define its own policy. Orange CEO... Stefan Richard said earlier this week the French company was willing to withdraw the orange brand from Israel, quote-unquote, tomorrow morning, but moving too quickly would expose his company to legal risks and possible financial penalties. So let's start from square one, something I never knew. Orange is essentially leased by entrepreneurs in Israel and the world from the government of France, is that how it works? Should you explain it to me, please? Sure. Uh, and it, it does take time, and, and you're absolutely right that it's complicated, but people have to understand the significance of this move. This would be a major international corporation literally joining the boycott movement, the BDS movement. It's what he said, and compounded then by comments made by various people, including the ambassador to the U.S., which I'll come to in a minute, uh, Orange is a, a private corporation, but it is owned 25% by the government of France. In fact, I think it's the largest single stockholder, uh, the largest block, but certainly they are the dominant force in the company. So the French government can't uh, say this is a private enterprise and therefore they have no say in it. So even though there's no principal owner at 51%, they essentially well, are the principal owner. Not stock exchange and there are right. other block owners and we are tracing down all the people who have big blocks of it but the but it, it is the government that has the say and the biggest uh, uh, part of it the foreign minister did come out today and say as you said that that uh, they are opposed well he has said today beyond that that they are opposed to uh, a boycott we have been in touch with them and you know france has been involved in a number of steps including the u.n resolution that in september that is uh, trying to set up a framework for negotiations or dictate a time frame and an end point. Uh, so France is uh, sort of trying to distance itself, the French officialdom, but the, uh, but the fact is that they can't. The CEO comments that you, you mentioned about the legal ramifications is because he signed a deal in March with the Orange Israel, which is run by partners, uh, that's the name of the company. It's headed. It's a. It's a conglomerate. It's headed by uh, Chaim Saban. Is is I think the largest sh- shareholder of it. And they uh, they signed a ten year deal. So this would be be a breach of the deal. And he said, you know, for all the criticism we get for doing business there, it's not worth it for the profit we make. Mm. The fact is that this is a profitable uh, franchise for them. It is not an orange company. So when people say that they should boycott orange in Israel, in fact, you'd be putting tens of or thousands, rather, of, of of employees of the orange telephone company out of business, out of work. Uh, it does not punish the orange company. The, the employees there in Israel put the Israeli flag over the orange logo at the company headquarters and 
did a demonstration of their own against what the uh, parent company had done. But it is not really a, a subsidiary of of Orange. It is an affiliate, and it has uh, obviously this uh, long-term arrangement uh, with them. But the, the concern is that we're seeing these manifestations of BDS, which I think, Nahum, we can say we've talked 10 years about warning that this thing is developing and people dismissing it because we largely have victories in putting down the efforts on campuses. That is reversing as well. We're yeah. seeing it on more and more campuses. And how timely it is that last week we made a point to the fact that everybody's in this fight and that now we really have to mobilize everybody. But you got, you got to go back one step for a moment. I, I'm so confused. Why would Israel, essentially it's a leasing deal, right? It's a telecommunications leasing deal, right? I mean, essentially. They, why do they need any any French intervention to have a phone company and and all its uh, you know and, and everything that goes along with it in Israel? I just don't get it. Well, first of all, I assume it's because of the international network, the international connection. When you're a telephone company, you need to have access to to international sources. And, tele- and French Telecom is an international company. We have found. Some affiliates here in the United States, mostly business services, meaning providing uh, access to airwaves, which uh, Orange France owns here in the United States. Right. They, they have a, a number of companies that we have uh, uncovered, but it doesn't seem that they have services, particular services. So Orange is Israel. There is no Orange in France. Orange is Israel. It's no, Orange is in France. Orange is the major telecom company in France. So they they just and they, so even though the name of the company and it's a worldwide uh, brand. Understood, but there is also an Orange Israel, right? Like se- right. separate from Orange is an Orange. It's really uh, it's called Partners. It was originally Partners. Right. That's why you say that if you're going to protest against the current employees and company in Israel, you are ju- all you're doing is hurting. Orange Israel. You're not hurting right. Orange in general. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, so this CEO say make these comments. Obviously, they're under tremendous pressure, right? I mean, the the, the, the French government, the CEO, representatives of the of the company would never make statements like this if they were not under tremendous pressure from, I guess, what other countries or those who sympathize with the Palestinians, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. They would never have made these statements without... He would never have come out with a statement like this if not for the pressure out there. He made it in Cairo where they just signed a big deal. I don't know whether they came under pressure um, from... I mean, they may have been told, if you do business with Israel, we don't want to do business with you. It may also be that the the head of the company has a bias and is willing to join. But it's possible that they were told, if you do business with Israel, we have no interest in doing business with you. That's what the the question was... um, He's saying, look, it's a purely commercial consideration. Right. And that he wasn't even aware of the international boycott movement. And he said uh, uh, last night in an interview, we love Israel, insisting that they love Israel. Uh, He just didn't realize Israel would be a thorn in his side to do business. Pardon me? He just didn't realize that Israel would be a thorn in his side to do business. That's all. You know, because he may lose big clients because of Israel. That's what he's discovering now. Right. He's saying that Israel's policies towards the Palestinians has nothing to do with right. Israel. We love Israel. Right. We're, we are there. We're right. in the enterprise market. We just don't want this whole thing to affect our bottom line. Well, one second. And they do invest 
in high-tech inventions in Israel, innovation in Israel, uh, and that they're a friend. And he said this has nothing to do with political debate. Right. He's saying it's purely innocent. Right. By the way, I'm not being facetious. He, he It affects his bottom line. I mean, that's, you know... He, well, obviously, he's saying that there is some consideration right. that moves it, uh, that, that would move him to take it. But he said... Um, uh, when he said in Cairo that he was prepared to withdraw from Israel, he said also as soon as tomorrow morning, but without exposing them to, to huge risk. Right. So he said later that he denied those comments uh, and, uh, that, he, that that were reported or wanting to pull out of the Israeli market as being in any way politically motivated. That right. was clearly the message that was reported uh, uh, from Cairo, and in the way that he put it, and why, and saying that he would do it tomorrow. Right. Um, it claims now Orange claims that it was just a desire from the brand in countries in which it is uh, no longer an operator, which is the point I made before. That right. They do not provide the service; right. it's partner that provides. All right. So, and we've seen this before. We have seen companies that you know have been told if you do business with Israel, or in some cases do business with companies you know in Judea and Samaria, etc. You know, fill in the blank. Then we can't do business with you. Uh, Saban and the Prime Minister were were those the two most significant statements that came out this week? You know, countering what happened with uh, with Orange. Well, we haven't heard yet from. Uh the leaders uh, from uh, publicly, but we have been in touch with the leaders in France about it, and the French Jewish community came out with a very strong statement uh, about it. Um, but I think the most important statements are the ones now that uh, that the CEO put out as as a result of it, right. explaining the the policy or trying to to walk it back without denying it and without out um, uh, trying to. He tried to rectify it without correcting it. Right. But, but from the Israeli standpoint, you know, Saban's strong statement. Well, across the board, on this issue, there's a cross the board reaction. Right. And, and his strong statement, plus the prime minister, you know, essentially, you know, expressed his anger at the entire episode. Those were among the, uh, uh, the, the important reactions, let's put it that way. To what, what's been going on? So, what's the next step? What do you think is going to happen? I mean, we're not going to see we're not going to see protests in the streets of Israel, are we? Well, first of all, as I said, the foreign minister said that France was firmly opposed. He said, while it's a decision for the Orange Group to determine the commercial strategy of the company, that the government of France is opposed to a boycott. And but also adding, France and the EU have a consistent policy on settlement building that is known because. In in uh, in the response to Richard to the comments by the CEO Richards, um, this followed last month a report accusing Orange of indirectly supporting Israeli settlements in the West Bank mm. through its relationship with Partner, and five of the five mainly French NGOs, non-governmental organizations, but also two of the trade major trade unions, urged Orange then to cut the business ties and declare. That it's desired to avoid contributing to the viability, economic viability of the settlements. Right. So that comes to the point raised about the political pressure and price that they that he was responding. Just out of curiosity, if they would pull out, uh, would it you know would, would there be chaos in the Israeli phone industry or or that no, would no 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 they they only they provide the brand they don't provide the services right. the service would continue 
it just continue probably under a different name. Right. So this is, it's interesting, this is like a combination of the business aspect of BDS and the symbolic aspect of, the, of BDS. It's like a, you know, right. everything about BDS is in this story. That's right. It, well, well, and it also tells you the nefarious nature that the response to pressures of uh, that trade unions and others are joining in this uh, call. And when people dismiss, as they have so often when we've raised this issue, uh, all along in the nascent stages when there was, uh, you know, much smaller ramifications, to understand what it leads to. And every step that they get away with, every step leads to another step that is, uh, you know, that will be more lethal and more dangerous uh, for, for, uh, in terms of expanding it. Yeah. And it and it relates to other moves. You know, uh, the National Union of British Students this week declared a boycott of Israel, or academic boycott. And God, the Board of uh, Universities, it's uh, I think 122 or so heads of uh, major academic, major universities, colleges, uh, issued a statement saying that they fully and absolutely reject any boycott, academic boycott of Israel. It's not an economic boycott. It's academic, but that's the field that they would be impacted by. So there is, you know, there's still a lot of support against the uh, implications. But even in the UN, we see see it now. There's a, uh, a measure before the Secretary General. It's a report that's put out each year about children uh, in conflict situation, and they issue a report. And then there's a list of shame they call it, uh, where they name those who violate and the most blatant violations of the rights of children. They're talking about torture, rape, uh, most horrific crimes against children you can imagine. And now they are considering, based upon a report, an Algerian diplomat made the recommendation, and the uh, Secretary General has the report, which they put out each year, but they're singling out Israel now to put it on the list of shame with Boko Haram, (laughs) ISIS, al-Nusra, the worst violators. Nothing about Syria with tens of thousands of children killed. Nothing about the violations by Iran, in the violations in Iraq, in Yemen, where they killed children killed. But focusing on Israel on, and on the IDF in particular, naming the IDF, not the State of Israel, uh, and, the, and the actions that took place in Gaza, not that the Hamas used them as human shields, not that thousands of Palestinian children are treated in Israeli hospitals every year, not the assistance and aid that Israel's providing to Gaza, but singling them out and people will say, so what? Who cares if there's a report? The answer is that then you make every soldier traveling subject, especially in Europe where they have laws that an individual, even an unrelated party, can bring a lawsuit and have them arrested at an airport. Remember we went through this a couple yeah, ago? Yeah, of course. But, that, but we thought that was limited to members of government. Now you're saying every Israeli soldier can be arrested. Well, because they're blaming the IDF and they're saying, well, until we prove that you did or did not serve in Gaza and that you did or did not kill a child or whatever, and... And we know that that it is Hamas that is firing from civilian populations at a civilian population, putting children at risk. They're not named. They're not blamed in this report. It is Israel that is being singled out. So we are working assiduously, and I must say we have many friends on this, but there's a lot of pressure, again, from within the United Nations, even within the hierarchy of the United Nations, on the Secretary General to to, uh, add Israel to this list of shame. And this is exactly what the boycott, move, the BDS movement wants to see. The further denigration, diminution, uh, diminution and, and demonization of Israel. 
this is what the delegitimization campaign As Prime Minister Netanyahu said on Sunday, his country faced, quote, an international campaign to blacken its name, based not on his policies toward the Palestinians, but, quote, connected to our very existence, likening the mounting boycott movement to anti-Semitic libels of previous eras. Couldn't have said it better myself. And by the way, as we said last week, everybody can be a soldier in this war. Uh, I just wish people would wake up and, and be a little bit more active in this army. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Welcome those who are tuned in on the web around the world and on the NSN app, weekly update, 7.40 Eastern Time every Friday here at JM in the AM. Prime Minister Netanyahu had some strong words. That was a, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he didn't hold back at all. Likening the mounting boycott movement to libels of previous eras. And at some point, Malcolm, our community has got to wake up and understand what's going on here. And 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 you made a comment at the end uh, that is uh, before your uh, station identification, I guess, that the uh, about, about the implications for everybody because then any supporter of Israel that's right can be subject to, to arrest anybody because if you're aiding and abetting people who are torturing children, then you and or your supporter or supplier aiding if you if you help a terrorist organization nothing happens to you but if you help the one democracy in the region then they too could bring charges against you yeah and if you know jewish history and you're somebody who does it's not that many steps to the point that you're describing i mean i'm not you know i'm not i'm not out here you know making declarations about what the nsa does know or doesn't know about their citizens but you know it's not so crazy in the context of jewish history to think that you know somebody who's exposed as a supporter of israel down the road could be facing their own legal challenges and even worse their own physical challenges i don't know how to be any more discreet than i am being right but and and it, and it is the expansion of this that that this is a cancer that left unchecked just continues to grow, and we uh, are fighting it. As you know, in North uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, I think South Carolina just signed this week uh, a, a very advanced legislation against BDS, saying that they can't do business with the state, that they can't uh, uh, do business with the pension funds of the state. Illinois did it. Uh, Indiana did it. Um, about six states just recently have passed. Uh, legislation we're working to to get in in every state uh, including new york uh, god willing we'll do it the, the this is a very important and last week you described why it's so important state by state also pardon me i, I want to remind people last week you described everyone rolls their eyes at this stuff you described why it's so important these movements state by state exactly and why this one uh, signed by the governor uh, just yesterday is uh, so important and why we need to expand it and get every state to adopt it because a, a company has to think twice as you mentioned with uh, in regard to to orange in a negative way Man. if they think that they're going to lose the business and the opportunity to get into the billions of dollars of um, what do you call it of um, the billions of dollars of uh, pension funds and state contracts mm -hmm. they're going to think two or three four or five times <laughs> 
we're doing it. Yeah, that's for sure. By the way, he, he the prime minister has taken this soccer thing, you know, the effort, and, and it's been suspended, right? There's no more uh, effort to throw Israel out of the soccer union. or just, it, A lot of that grew out of, by the way, of internal fights within Palestinian Authority. Uh, Chancellor Merkel, I know, weighed in very heavily, as did others in the United States as well. But Netanyahu really took it personally. The quote is, this is a phenomenon that we've known in the history of our people, citing as, as examples accusations that Jews, quote, are the focus of all evil in the world, and quote, drink the blood of little children. I mean, he literally took this soccer episode and, and said this is the libel of 2015. Well, it is, it is the libel, like Middle Ages libel, because it does... When Israel would be uh, isolated in this way within FIFA, not only does it hurt the people of Israel who are big soccer fans, but it's, it, is, uh, it is accompanied by accusations of exactly this. We see these accusations. Certainly Iran continues uh, unabated in its, in its uh, vicious anti-Semitic uh, compens. And, uh, you know, even though they say we're not going to allow any of our sites has been integrated, when, in, 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 interrogated, we're not going to allow any visitation, you know, the, anywhere, anytime, place. no criticism. We, we hear, we see that Assad's militia is taking away the, the treasures of the past. We see the Islamic guys, the IS guys destroying the past. Nothing from the, those who are, quote, protecting the cultural heritage of the, of the world. But Israel, which does everything in, to, to protect these things, to protect people working to, to save lives on the northern border with a field hospital treating uh, people who often would want to destroy Israel. Of course. And, and the U.N. allowed now this week uh, an organization associated with Hamas. It's called the Palestinian Return Center. They granted them NGO status, which is non-governmental organization status. This is a group based in Britain that promotes anti-Israel propaganda in Europe and on campuses and in, in the public generally. And they, you know, Israel, long ago under Defense Minister uh, Barak, I think at least four years ago, uh, said that the PRC is an organizational uh, coordinating wing of Hamas in Europe, and therefore it was banned. It's somebody. It's an organization that includes in its manifest the denial of the right of Israel to exist. This is a member state of the UN, and they're going to grant them. NGO status. America tried to bring in uh, some liberal NGO organization and it was rejected. <laughs> and yet, this, uh, you know, they, they make this false distinction between the military wing and the political wing. Right. There's no distinction. And, the, and it gives them access to UN committees, to the Human Rights Council, uh, and for permanent independent representation in UN sessions. And this is not to suggest that Jewish leadership has things happen, you know, uh, under the radar, uh, that they don't. You know, they don't catch, but I would guess the UN Committee on, Committee on NGOs likely has other groups that are part of it that, uh, that are also sympathetic or, or affiliated with terrorist organizations, right? I would assume, correct? We, we, you couldn't have weeded out all of them. It's as openly. I mean, we obviously have a lot of Jewish organizations who are also NGOs, um, and some are opposed if they're, quote, considered pro-Israel. Right. Uh, but the, the, um, this this is such a blatant association. I mean, it's not even, you know, indirect where you have groups that uh, may advocate or, or do something. Here's an organization that has as part of its mandate the, the, the denial of the right of Israel to exist. It's a member state. It's a violation of the charter. I mean, what's the U.N. stand for? 
if not that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Olympics of the 1970s got a lot of focus this week in the international news, uh, but I was concentrating on another news story from the 1970s Olympics, and that, of course, is that finally, it seems, there's going to be a memorial to the, to those who were murdered uh, to the Israeli athletes, coaches, etc., who were murdered at the 1972 Munich Olympics. And it's funny, I was saying to myself as I read the article uh, uh, detailing you know, what they're planning on doing, uh, that, that you and I often discuss how the world is very good at making memorials for Jews. In this case, it, it, it proves once again that sometimes it takes decades for them even to get to the memorial. This week, uh, uh, on Monday at the United Nations, we had uh, the... A, a, uh, an event commemorating the 74th anniversary of the Farhud. The Farhud was a pogrom against the Jews of Iran, uh, led by Haj Amin al Husseini, the Mufti of Jerusalem. And it was a pogrom that took uh, about 180 lives. Many hundreds uh, the women were raped, the people were tortured. The 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 story is a horrific one. There's a new book by Edwin Black who really took the lead on this. It took 74 years to recognize it because people didn't consider it part of the Holocaust story because I guess they, they thought it was only within the bounds of Europe. Right. And the story is very important because Haj Alamin, who was the Mufti of Jerusalem, the uncle of Arafat, who got, uh, in 1946, amnesty from Great Britain despite his direct involvement in Berlin for five years as an ally of Hitler, and he is the one, when Hitler wanted to ship the Jews to Palestine, and uh, uh, Hajamin uh, actually started building a concentration camp in Nablus, which people don't know, mm-hmm. he was the one who said, why are you visiting your problems on us, and proposed the final solution. It was he who proposed it. It did not come from one of the Nazi officers, so obviously they adopted it. And he also headed a major a Muslim army of 100,000 based in Bosnia that was supposedly the most brutal of all the forces during World War II, the, the, how barbaric they were. They killed 200,000 people, they killed tens of thousands of Jews to hundreds of thousands of Serbs. And the, the whole story is so sordid, it's so horrific, and it, it was the precursor to what happened then with the expulsion of the Jews after 2,500 years, or the forced expulsion of the Jews, and forcing them to leave behind all their property, everything in all the countries, including Iraq. Uh, and we see the depth of the heritage now when, I think I pointed out that Inbar was really Pumpadisa from the government, from the Talmud, and that, that the, um, that, uh, Hardia was, is what we call, uh, uh, Fallujah. And if you look at, even at these inscriptions on the, the Palmyra, the city in, in um, Syria that's come under siege, in which they're starting already to destroy, it's the Shema in Hebrew mm. that's inscribed on it, when they talk about the ancient inscriptions, etc. So we have really deep roots. For 2,600 Jews, years, Jews lived there, and all of a sudden, overnight, with the, with the instigation of uh, the Mufti of Jerusalem, uh, who was allowed to come back, by the way, to the air, by, after uh, Britain gave him the amnesty, and they were in charge of, of Iraq at the time, um, to continue his hateful activities against Israel uh, operating out of uh, Jordan and West Bank. So I mentioned a memorial regarding 1972. 
You're saying that some go way back even... First, second, 1941. Right. Unbelievable. Um, tell me about Israel's uh, relationship with Saudi Arabia. It seems that it's finally public and official for the first time that they are coordinating, cooperating. How would you describe the way the two countries are proceeding? I think coordinating and cooperating are too strong. I think communicating is probably closer to the reality. But there have been informal contacts, not at a high level, between uh, Saudis and and Israelis, uh, talking about their common interest, which is Iran. And um, the Saudi Arabia, I don't know, uh, do they suffer at all politically among their neighbors now that it's out? That there's some type, even though it's low level, but some type of communication with Israel? Uh, could they? Yes, uh, but Saudi Arabia is still the big uh, dog in the pack, and people will be reluctant uh, to to challenge him. I don't know if under the new king and uh, his son, uh, what will continue, what won't. But right now, it's in their interest. We have to remember that they're not pursuing. You know, this is not out of love of of Israel so much as it is out of uh, survival. Not Haman. It's out of the common hate for for an enemy. Right. Uh, it is not insignificant that it was made public. It could not have been made public if they didn't have permission. And I'm sure you're going to hear some denials and things. But this didn't just happen. This was organized. It was Dory Gold, who's now going to be the director general of the foreign ministry from the Israeli side. Good choice, right? Very good choice. An excellent man. Um, rockets again uh, coming from the Gaza Strip. It is uh, what well, we can call it Unity Week already at this point because thank God so many people paid attention to the art side of the three boys, and we know what happened after their murder last summer and the uh, uh, the, the necessity that Israel had to go into Gaza. And we hope and pray that uh, Israeli soldiers don't have to have their lives on the line again to defend Israel. Uh, but there are rockets uh, again being fired from Gaza, more this week than last. Last week, I think we painted it more as an isolated episode. Uh, what's the latest in terms of what Israel has to respond to from the Gaza Strip? Well, Israel has responded in both cases, but I do think it's still an isolated incident, as uh, you described it the, the week before. And it's more, I think, related to internal squabbles between different Palestinian factions, uh, including supposedly an IS, Islamic State faction, uh, that is growing in uh, Gaza. It is not clear that this is, is a creation of IS because the way uh, affiliation with the Islamic State um, really is uh, it's a very informal process where people start a group or have a group, change the name to IS like they did in the Philippines, Indonesia, and many other countries, and then IS uh, uh, acknowledges or denies them uh, affiliation with the international movement. Huh. So the Philippine group was not accepted, but the Indonesian group was. <laughs> is, so it, so is, now it, is there more pride when you are accepted or you're not, not accepted? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually a good question. Uh, but it depends whether which side of the yeah. barbaric cross line you're on. Exactly. Um, I mean, this is a group that uh, has engaged in all these activities. And you notice, I mean, burning people alive, beheading, all of the other things they do, and, and yet the nobody is boycotting them. You haven't seen a boycott by the, all these student groups. You haven't heard about divestment from IS or you know calls for, for the steps against them uh, for sure. that one would expect. So the, the situation in Gaza is, uh, is about 
groups that are against Hamas, they feel Hamas hasn't done anything in terms of rebuilding, on the one hand, the, uh, high, highlighting the, the continued corruption and most of all the diversion of resources towards the tunnels, uh, cement that has come in, all of the rest, that, that uh, materials that they have put into uh, rebuilding the tunnel infrastructure, <clears throat> including the use of the heavy equipment. Second, about the, it's about the distribution of funds and not paying uh, certain employees and people. So that becomes uh, a major source of, uh, uh, and, uh, of the friction between the different groups. And then comes the, the question of, of trying to prove that, they, that each party wants to prove that they are the muscular one. Right. And so they often engage in a, in a kind of firing to say, look, we're keeping the heat on uh, on Israel, but in fact, it, it is not against Israel it is as much as it is uh, an internal squabble. You have any idea if Israel's made any progress for the return of the bodies of Hadar Golden and Oren Shaul? As far as I know, I mean, they work on this issue constantly. Can imagine, my God. Uh, I assume that we would know if they were successful. Uh, are you watching any of these Harabayat videos? Are you aware of the fact that in addition to the police really being very physically reactive to certain people who are noticeably Jewish who want to go into Harabayat, uh, I don't know if you've seen that video or not, but in addition to that, are you aware of the fact that now a Jew, anybody else can, but a noticeable Jew cannot carry a water bottle onto Harabayat because it's possible that before drinking the water, he might say a prayer on the Temple Mount to God. I, I haven't heard that, and I, I don't know if every report is actually true, but I think that the denial of Jews, the right to pray, that somebody standing there and moving their lips was, was arrested or removed, yeah. was, was seen as offensive, is so offensive and so outrageous. Um, and it's a situation, again, where we allowed it to deteriorate in our claim and our, our, our heritage, there then is endangered. You, you know, Mayor Weingarten was with me earlier in the week, and he called Harabayat a de facto Palestinian state. That might be a startling way of putting it, but there's some truth to it. That's certainly part of it. And 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 look at the neighboring mountain, Harizetim, where this week in in the section called Afghani section, which is very old, fifty-two tombstones have been destroyed over the last few weeks. They do two or three a night, every night, desecrating. The, the most sacred and the biggest Jewish cemetery in the world, there are at least 150,000 people, including the Vim and prophets who are buried there. And the fact that, the, that it continues, if you give up the Mount of Olives, you've divided Jerusalem. They can't tolerate the Jews who are alive, and they can't tolerate the Jews who are dead. They don't let us live in peace, and they don't let us rest in peace. Exactly. The government has to take really stringent action, and the Prime Minister did allocate and did respond, and they did put up a police station, but there are no police there. They put up cameras, but it takes too long to, to respond because, you know, somebody breaking a tombstone, it takes a few minutes. They have this down to, to a science, and the, it's, this is an act of defiance. It's, it's uh, a, you know, a claim of sovereignty. It's, uh, it is such a... Uh, and and to, to do it against the dead... One would expect that there be some level of respect. Yeah. Can't be allowed to continue, and the government must do everything. This new government, and there's a lot of support for it, but we don't see the end result that the, that this can continue uh, endlessly with people being harassed. That people are afraid to go up there to visit their their loved ones, the, the graves of loved ones. Menachem Begin is there. 
I mean, many great people are, are buried there, let alone the tens of thousands of Jews who saved everything that they had in order to be buried there, coming from Europe, coming from around the world. This is a disgrace. And the International Committee here in, in the States, uh, led by Lubinsky's and others who have been uh, really devoted to this, and I've been privileged to work with them on it, you know, there really has to be, and it's now international, the whole Jewish community, everybody, regardless of where you stand religiously or anything else, has to say that, that if there was a community in which 150,000 Jewish souls were in danger, the whole world of Jews would react. So here you have a cemetery with the tens of thousands, 150,000 at least, uh, Jews, many of them desecrated, if you remember, during the Jordanian years where they took all the, the headstones and they used them for latrines, and etc., this has been for 3,000 years in National Jewish Cemetery. David, King David, hid there when Saul was uh, chasing after him. I mean, it figures so prominently. The Paraduma, the red cow, the, the, the ashes there, came, you know, was done from there. And they say the Messiah is going to come. What happens when he comes and he sees this? what happened? He'll turn around and leave again. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you. And on top of that, there's a country with millions of Jews that is... Uh uh, under threat on a constant basis. You, you have to, uh, you have to help me to continue to motivate this audience, especially with these important weeks coming up. Uh, everybody has a role. We mentioned this about the President of Israel last week, the way he put it. I thought it was brilliant the way he put it. Uh, everybody has a role as a soldier in this fight, and uh, I, I hope that everyone takes a more active role. Uh, little steps, little steps at a time. We're not asking everybody to jump right in, but at least to, Start taking a more active role in what's happening. Contact public officials, especially here uh, in this area, and uh, and make an impact on what's happening out there. Everybody has the ability to do so in any age group. And finally, uh, thank God, many people in this audience were there on Fifth Avenue last week. Always imp- important to end on a positive note, and there was a great spirit in New York City last Sunday. And I think Unity Day gave me a message, which I was able to transmit to everybody uh and we and you mentioned this last week as well we have to start concentrating on what unites us and start setting aside for the moment what divides us and if we do that then days like sunday will be even bigger celebrations on 5th avenue yes um, but but we can't conclude without talking about what's happened on, with regard to iran and when people want to show and demonstrate unity now the issue is iran to show our unity, obviously, with Israel, but to, to let Congress know when we see this week, they said no visitations after all the promises of anywhere, anytime, intrusive uh, investigations. Uh, Khomeini said, I'm not going to allow any of them to be, inter- our scientists to be interrogated. We're not going to let them go to any military centers. We see them continue to say that Israel has no right to exist and the death to the Jews chance, the death to America chance. We see the um, uh, the expansion of their activities, the continued expansion of how the U.S., uh, the Pentagon, noted all the threats, the terrorism, the ballistic missiles, the uh, expansion of their activities, like in Yemen, et cetera, that uh, uh, their forces uh, are, are continuing, and they, there are now 7,000 Iran-Iraqi troops in, in Syria operative. But we are, we are coming close to the deadline. I'm not sure this will be the deadline. That, that it will actually be June 30th. But people have to let their members of Congress know that no deal is better than a bad deal and that what we're headed to right now from all of the reports, and we don't know, you know all the details, and I, I'm afraid we may not know all the details, 
But for what we know, it's enough to know that this is not heading in the right direction. And the release of 30 to $50 billion initially will mean that Hezbollah, which has been getting all of these weapons, will be rearmed and they will continue to pour all this money in. And especially as Syria becomes endangered for Iran, meaning that the Assad regime is losing significantly now in, in the last week or two, and Iran has such a huge investment there and said that we are going to stay with him until the very end. So they need this money, A, to supply and to resupply their terrorist operations globally, Hezbollah, Hamas, etc., and to continue destabilizing other regimes. So there really has to be an outcry from the public, the messages to members of Congress that they make their voice heard, to the White House to make their voice heard, that this is, we're headed in the, in the wrong direction. You see how the Russians are starting to pull out their people from Syria. That, that is a pretty strong message about, uh, you know, about the, what their assessment of, uh, of uh, Syria's future and the pouring in of maybe 10,000 troops from Iran and Iraq. And the, uh, this has a lot of implications for Golan, which we'll talk about I hope, one of these days. But I really hope that people not lose sight, that the people tend to get tired of, of uh, you know, us hammering away on the Iran issues. But they are not tired, and they continue to their threats. Do you see the, the huge consequences of all of this? And as we get, you know, now weeks away from what could be a deadline, and they say they've made progress in the talks, I assure you the progress are not, is not progress that most of us will welcome. If yeah. they could get a good deal, it would be great. This is not a good deal so far, and, and there has to be the pressure and assurance that everything will be done to have not only about what the deal is, but what the follow-up to the deal is and how how it will be implemented. So important. Thank you, Malcolm. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Good J.M. Malcolm. and the M. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos. 